0: You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. We're beginning the second week of Advent. Last week, we had a really wonderful lesson that if you're new to Advent, we had um, Lauren, our director of family, give an entire overview of all of Advent and what this is about. Um, Advent, you may have heard from last time, Is this on? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, okay, I can't tell. Advent, uh, if you heard last week, means coming or arrival, which we're all like, yeah, we know that. Okay, great. But has anyone asked the question, arrival of what? What is it that we are getting ready for? What's coming? It's a really good question, actually, because everyone, even people who don't uh, observe Advent, let's say people who aren't maybe religious, During this season, absolutely everybody is preparing for something, right? You see it, you drive down our neighborhoods, people are preparing with lights, people are preparing with parties, people in the stores, they're jam-packed, there's traffic all the time because people are out getting ready for the arrival of something. They're preparing for something. I wonder what that is. Is it family they're preparing for? They're coming into town, maybe gifts? Maybe this holiday party that they've got planned. Maybe it's, they're preparing themselves even unknowingly for this new year that's right around the corner. New goals, new opportunities. I wonder what our neighborhood prepares for. And maybe even more personally, I wonder what we will prepare for. What are you preparing for? If I was to just walk with you during the day in Advent and notice your life, what would I conclude you are Preparing for. Well, the church has an ancient tradition of preparation for the arrival of something really super special in Advent. Something full of mystery, something that we can't quite wrap our fingers around, something that is full of power, something that is full of glory. This is what the church is preparing for. Our collect this morning tips us off to answer our question, what exactly are we preparing for? This morning it says that God who sent messengers and prophets to preach repentance and prepare the way for our, our, our salvation. He's sending people ahead of this arrival of the one. With a message of repentance, prepare the way we even heard John the Baptist say to us. That's great, we get that. We can wrap our head around the fact that we have to prepare for something that's coming, but how do we prepare may be a good question we might ask next. next. How is it that we prepare for the arrival of this one that God is sending, this powerful and glorious one? We ask for God's grace in this prayer that we prayed this morning, that he, we would heed the warnings of these messengers and prophets and forsake our sins, that we may Greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. So even in this collect of the day, we find so much of the answers. I mean, I could sit down at this point, but we're gonna keep going because we have some really awesome readings that I wanna work through. But Advent is a preparation for Jesus Christ. And our prayer this morning even shows us, look, if you actually wanna prepare, there is a way that you can. Heed the warnings of the messengers of God. Hear their call to you. Forsake all sin that you would be ready by the grace of God to greet with joy the Messiah who is to come, our Redeemer, our Rescuer, Jesus Christ. Some beautiful words. This morning, what I wanna consider though is has this message of preparation reached our hearts? We can say this with our lips. We intellectually can explore this and consider this, but has this fact of the coming of the Messiah really reached our hearts? And how would we know? Are we just as ready to string lights on our houses as we are to hear the harsh words of the prophets? Probably not. Are we just as ready to click and buy gifts online as we are to forsake our sins? Ugh, doesn't have the same kind of holiday magic to it, right, I know. Perhaps we're content to have Jesus come as a sweet little baby. We can pinch his cheeks, be super grateful but we neglect, on the other hand, that he comes swiftly to judge the quick and the dead and to set the world to right. The same child. Is this what we find ourselves preparing for in Christmas? Think about your own activity. Even this week, Advent 1, in the books. Is this what we have been preparing for? I don't say this with some sort of like, I don't know, I haven't been watching you guys. I don't have some sort of like agenda here. But I think if we actually really want to soberly enter into Advent, we have to ask ourselves some tough questions. Are we preparing for the arrival of this child and not the arrival of something else? Let's say we want to prepare for the arrival of this child, this king who's coming to judge the living and the dead. How would we do this? Or maybe you're sitting back in your chair going, you know what, Sean, you lost me because I don't even know if I really want to do this at all. This sounds like a total buzzkill to the Christmas fun. You're taking all of the cheer out of Christmas for me, Sean. Well, can, you, can I just ask you to suspend your judgment just for a moment? Because what I want to tell you this morning is that if you prepare for the coming king, you will get the gift your heart longs for. Not the gifts that you can buy, not the gifts that you think in your creativity and thoughtfulness that you can kind of stir up or make or, or, or give to somebody else. The, the joy, the happiness, the satisfaction, the peace that your soul longs for, can I just tell you, is in this coming Jesus. And if you can prepare for this one, you will find what you're looking for come Christmas day. Or rather, he will find you. In our reading from Malachi we find a little bit of perspective about this preparation. I want to read this for us again just so we can hear it fresh and then I'll walk us through it. In Malachi chapter 3 begins in verse 2. It says this But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner. In a purifier of silver, he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. This is where our reading ends. Nice little beautiful ending. Let me read the next verse. Verse five, "'Then I will draw near to you for judgment. "'I will be swift to bear witness against the sorcerers, "'against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, "'against those who oppress the hired workers in their wages.'" the widow, and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien, and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Add some perspective to that, doesn't it, this preparation? If you've ever longed for justice, if you've ever seen what's happening in our world and ached that God would set things right, then Advent is your season of preparation. Advent is for you. If you've ever hoped that things in the world could actually be better among people, among powers, in families, maybe even in just yourself, Advent is for you because it is a season of longing for the goodness of God to be absolutely realized, to come quickly and to set things right, to heal and to amend Advent is for you, and if we look carefully at this reading, we may ask, as I have, okay, who's the one coming, and who's the one setting things right, and who's the one that's judging in this passage because it's not immediately clear on the surface. Verse five says that after this purifying which the first one did, the Lord will draw near for judgment so. It's different than the Lord. Do you see the confusion? There's one who comes to purify and when that purification has happened, then the Lord will draw near for judgment as if these are two different people involved here. The refiner's fire separates in the impurities of metal, something I know nothing about. Stephen, you could probably tell us all about that. Fuller's soap, if you see this reference, it's kind of like OxyClean. It removes stains from clothes, okay? In both of these analogies, People aren't being destroyed, but prepared by this one who's coming, announcing that the Lord is coming near, prepared, renewed for the coming of the Lord. So that's this first person who's doing that work. And what we notice in the second section of this passage, there's two things that happen when people who have been prepared and purified come near to the Lord. There's two things that happen according to this passage. Verse three says, they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. And in verse five, it says, there is judgment of the evil and unjust. Present offerings, judgment of the evil and unjust. Now, again, it isn't really clear in the passage whether it's the prophet that comes before or the Lord himself who is purifying Immediately in the text, we kind of like read this and think, I'm not sure. But when we place this story in the context of God's greater story, and when we read this along with the church and in its interpretation of these passages, y'all, there's some really cool images and truths that start to flourish and blossom out of this, out of this passage in Malachi. Perhaps this is the prophet Elijah who comes with fire, announcing the coming of the Lord to purify with his message from God. Perhaps this is the new Elijah, John the Baptist, who is the forerunner of Christ, preparing the way as the messenger of the Messiah, baptizing everyone with a baptism of repentance. We could see that, right? At the same time, and the church has read it in all these ways, at the same time, we cannot read this and see, and not see Jesus in this as well, right? The prophet announcing the coming of the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand, is what Jesus would always say. His sacred cross that is most worthy offering for our sin, the ultimate purification, the ultimate refinement for us, the thing that removes the stain from our clothing on our soul, and his body and blood, which purifies our lives, heals us. You could see Elijah, the new Elijah, John the Baptist, maybe it's Jesus himself. And by the way, this same passage in Malachi is the same passage used later when Jesus is presented as an infant to the temple to celebrate Jesus's presentation. You'll hear this again later in the coming year. So we have this myriad of possibilities of what this passage in Malachi could mean. And in seeing that glimmer of Jesus in this passage, in this old prophecy, we kind of stumble into a great mystery about what is coming. A wonder that is the key for our preparation in Advent, in this season that we find ourselves. We ask our question that we started with, how do we prepare for the arrival of Jesus? This passage gives us an answer. It's actually Jesus who prepares us for his own arrival. It's actually him that we receive. It is Jesus who in his mercy gives us everything we need to forsake our sin and to receive him into our lives. And this revelation, this kind of epiphany, that though we're, anticipating the arrival of Jesus, he himself is also the one who prepares us for his coming that becomes in us really good news. Why? Because we could not do this on our own. The preparation that we really need for the arrival of the Messiah, we, we actually cannot do very well, let's be honest. And we need help. We need grace, like our prayer, our collect this morning says. This revelation, this is news that Jesus helps us and all who are ready to abandon their foolishness and their self-worshiping pride, like the passage talked about those priests of Levi who worshiped their own pride and their own selfishness and didn't obey God. And instead, they, uh, we are purified when we receive Jesus' help to be prepared for his coming. We are purified so that we can get into the real life-giving work of God, the real life-giving work of what it means to be a human being. In verse three, presenting offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Can you imagine a community who really observed Advent in such a way that said, we know that you're coming, Lord. Come quickly, come swiftly, come set things right. And by the way, we need your help to prepare as well because we're just, we're just, we just don't have what it takes to do this. We've tried it again and again, and we keep hitting a wall, and we need your mercy, Lord. We need your help to set things right in our lives, to forsake our sins, and to prepare for your coming. Can you imagine a community of people who decided to prepare in this way? and above all else, to prepare in this way. Can you imagine a bunch of regular people, just like you and me, not special folks who are like, you know, prophets or something, but just regular people like you and I, can you imagine us deciding to, pray, uh, to prepare for Christmas by try, trading in our old ways, our old habits for the ways of Jesus? Can you imagine what that would look like the goodness of God, in a people like that, in a community convinced that the only way to prepare for God's coming is by the help of Jesus, by the power of his spirit, that we would forsake all sins, a community like that would catch fire with the goodness of God, wouldn't it? A community like that without contest would overthrow the evil not only in us, but the brokenness that's in the world. It would overthrow the powers. It would overthrow our adulterous hearts. We wouldn't any longer thrust aside the immigrant or the alien. We wouldn't ever desire to cheat others of their wages or take advantage of the poor and the weak, the widow, the orphan, like Malachi talks about. We wouldn't Lying would just like not appeal to us a people like this who are preparing for the Lord. We wouldn't commit injustice. Or even in the next verse in Malachi that we didn't read, we wouldn't even rob from God by withholding our, our money, our tithe to him. Malachi could go on and on. This people who had forsaken all of those sins, lit a fire by the prepara- in preparation for the one who's to come, would be a people ignited and filled with the goodness of God. They would be a beacon in the middle of Advent of the goodness of God. This can't be done on willpower alone. You can see how we can hear all these things that Sean just said and be like, let's aspire to be those really good people. Let's go, let's like really pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get at it this time. Rez. this Advent is our Advent. I can feel it. It's not gonna work. We've done this every year. It won't be done on willpower alone. It won't be accomplished by a new year's resolution. Our repentance. is, is a work of the spirit of God in us that we receive and cooperate with. It is a work, and listen, this is such good news that you don't actually have to go out there and like get it done in order to be prepared for the coming of the King. This work in us is accomplished by a once for all sacrifice on the cross by Jesus. The preparation is already set And the purifying that we desire even in the darkest and most um, broken parts of our lives. That healing is readily available to us even today, this morning, as we prepare for Jesus. Friends, your preparation in Advent is you're hearing the news that God is setting the world right through his son Jesus and receiving that reality and cooperating with that news. In other words, your preparation in Advent is a sharing in the gospel. There's nothing more important that you can do. No lights, no presents, no parties, no, no like playlists that are more important than you sharing in the news that God is coming quickly and he's coming to set the world right. And he has made every provision for you to prepare for that coming. Christ makes you clean. Forsake your sin. Receive the kingdom. That is our Advent preparation. Well, I know that uh, we could land the plane here. We could sit down and like pray for a second, but just time out for a second. I know some of us are going to hear this and think this is like really, uh, like, it's decent religious talk. I've heard more poetic things, but this is super religious rhetoric. Maybe, maybe, or it's true. We read a passage from Paul writing to a fellowship in Philippi. Paul was writing with chains rattling on his arms or dictating to someone who was writing for him from a Roman prison cell. And he was expressing how every time he thinks of this people in Philippi, he's filled with joy. In prison, Paul is filled with joy, thanking God for them. He can't stop praying for them, verses 3 and 4 say. Why? Because they are sharing in the gospel in such a profound and beautiful way that it's even inspiring Paul miles away, locked up in a cell all by himself. These people in Philippi, they have actually taken to heart this preparation that we are invited to take on in our lives as well. This sharing in the gospel, these real life people, this community, this church that we are a part of brought joy to Paul in a Roman prison because of, on the basis of they're sharing in the gospel. And this isn't a, a sharing like, oh, we, we know about a fact about the news of Jesus. It's not that kind of sharing. And it's also not the kind of sharing like, well, we share this in common. We have like, like attributes to one another. This word sharing, koinonia, means something way more involved, way more intimate, like participate. To participate in a most intimate way in something. This is actually the same word that Paul uses later in 1 Corinthians 10 when he talks about the way that in the Eucharist we participate, we share in the body and blood of Christ. If we want to prepare for the arrival of our king this Advent, we have to participate in a most intimate way in the gospel, in the news that God is coming close to us to purify us, to make a way for us, for himself in our lives. This is news that you can receive today. You can acknowledge this news. You can hear it and take it into your heart. But this is also a news, a reality that you can open up your hands and receive today and consume. So friends, I just wanna say it's actually super simple. One super easy way you can prepare for Advent this morning is to, be co- to come forward forsaking all sin, leave your sin in your seats at confession and come forward and receive the grace of God. And in this grace of God that is effective, it is an effective means of grace to you, receive it as preparation for the one who's coming to set up a home in your life and in your heart. And unlike that community in Philippi, what you will see in a community that takes this to heart is a harvest of righteousness, a people who have been ignited, who are bearing the fruit of the kingdom that's coming. Let us open our hearts and our imaginations as we prepare to share in this most sacred mystery, this most sacred grace, this most sacred gift that purifies, refines, cleans, and washes us, heals us, forgives us. That is the gift of Christ this morning. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at Rezaustin.com.